Hello, and welcome to Calming the Chaos Podcast, where we talk with people around the world who can help you find peace in a chaotic world. I'm your host, Tracy Canella, licensed mental health counselor, certified eating disorder specialist, and advanced clinical hypnotherapist. Calming the Chaos Podcast is for those who want self-help resources and education. It's not a substitute for counseling or psychotherapy. So if you like what you hear, please subscribe and share it with your friends. Thanks so much for listening. And now, let the chaos begin. In this episode of Calming the Chaos, I'll be talking with Dave Combs, who is a songwriter, entrepreneur, and author of a best-selling book called Touched by the Music. So in his book, Dave describes his journey, he tells some stories, and he talks about music and how it has affected his life and how it can help us uh, calm our chaos. Uh, so over the past four decades, uh, Dave has written over 120 songs and created 15 albums of soothing and relaxing instrumental piano music, including the popular standard Rachel's Song, which he'll talk about. And that music has healing properties and can help you calm the chaos. So that is what we're going to do today. We're going to talk with Dave about chaos and describe what a powerful resource music is to help you calm your chaos in your own life. And so now I'd just like to welcome Dave Combs. Hi, Dave. Hey, Tracy. How are you? I am well, thank you. It's good to have you on the show and uh, be talking about chaos with a musician. Well, you know, I, when you were doing your intro for what your background is, I was I couldn't help thinking about all those many letters that I've gotten from fans of mine who describe their own inner chaos or the chaos that they're living through and the connection that my music has had with that in terms of how it did. It helped. It, I didn't I didn't say it solved all of their problems, but it certainly helps. And so that, and combined with your skills as a as a therapist, a hypnotherapist, and you know all these things can be a tool to help people deal with chaos in their life. And so I'm really looking forward to talking about a lot of these and relating some of those stories about how my, some of my listeners and fans have used my music to help calm the the chaos in their life. And I love your 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 theme there. It says find peace in a chaotic world. The word peace is probably the most frequently used word when I hear from some of my fans. It gives them peace. Oh, your music gives them peace. Awesome. Well, so I'd just like to start by having you give the listeners a little idea of who you are and how you got started with music and recording music. Well, probably I should start all the way back to when I was born. I was born in East Tennessee in a little town called Irwin. It's right between in the valley between the mountains of uh, Johnson City, Tennessee, and Asheville, North Carolina. It's in a beautiful valley there. And my parents were both uh, lovers of music. My mom and dad both played the piano, and my dad played by ear. He 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 could read a little bit of music, but he would rather just sit at the piano and just play. And his mother, my grandma Combs, she was four foot eight, born in 1894, and she could make some music. So I grew up around these people that loved making music. Her instrument of choice, you, you may have seen one of these. It's called an auto harp. Ooh, it's yeah. an old timey instrument. It's very easy to play. Even, you know, a kid can play it, but you just push one button and, and it, it'll play a chord for you. But uh, but that was her. She could strum that and sing and make music. And she also loved to play an old pump organ. This is, you know, she the churches back then didn't even have electricity. So they had a pump organ. You literally pumped it with your feet to get the air moving through the organ. And she could pump play that organ. And she played by ear, too. So I grew up around that, around music all my life. And I am also grew up in the church environment. I'm a Baptist. So our Baptist church had music, a, a choir and an organ and a piano, and we loved to sing. So music was a big part of that part of my life as well. And in, even in through high school, 
I participated in our high school chorus. We had our own little Mr. Holland's opus person. Uncle Pat Alderman was our choral teacher. He inspired all us kids to love to love music, love to sing and make music. So that was through high school. In college, I was a math major, physics minor. So I was in on the technical side for my education and programming computers, worked in the computer center. But also, I still kept up my music. I volunteered and sang in the university touring choir. Loved to sing with the choir. I sang still and sing, still do sing bass, as you can probably tell by the tone of my voice. But uh, so singing and playing was always a part. I conducted my home church's choir uh, for part of the time I was in college. They pay me a little bit each each week to help me a little bit through college. And I directed my church choir. And then I've got my first job and that moved me to Winston-Salem, North Carolina on the other side of the mountain. And I went to work for a company called Western Electric, which was a subsidiary of the Bell system, AT&T, uh, Ma Bell, they called it back then. And I was a computer programmer and worked in the technology side of AT&T and Western Electric for many, many years. And it was here in Winston-Salem that I met my wonderful wife, Linda. Linda and I have been married now for 52 years this coming June. So we, we've been together a long time and she is a wonderful person. Now, it, she would make a wonderful guest on your, your program at some time too, but she's still working. She is now still the controller of the state of North Carolina in Raleigh, North the state capital. And so she has 200 wonderful people that work for her doing part of the financial uh, management of the state of North Carolina. She does payroll for almost 100,000 people in the state of North Carolina. So she's still very, very busy, very active. And of course, now I'm busy still with my music and my music business. And I've, as you can tell from my, over my shoulder to my book, I've written that. Mm -hmm. So I have a kind of a varied background we can talk a lot about. And I'm, I'm sure we can talk about the chaos <laughs> that has come across our lives throughout these many, many years. And a lot of us, it's you can call it group level chaos. Things like 9-11, that was certainly chaos at a national, if not a worldwide level. Right now, the chaos that's going on in Ukraine. I mean, my heavens, that is heartbreaking to watch that chaos uh, unfold. So there are lots of examples of chaos that have occurred in our lives, whether it's on a global level or even in a personal level where you you have a, a loved one that is very, very ill or you lose a loved one or those kind of things can introduce chaos into your personal life as well. And those are the points, I think, is where the intersection of my music has really paid off is where the person has been dealing with personal chaos in their life. And they need something to help take the edge off of, of all that uh, distress and stress that's going on in their life. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure you you being a, a therapist and, a, a, you know, somebody who deals with people all the time that have this kind of uh, condition, you you can appreciate how much they're searching for anything, whether it's through words of wisdom from you or hypnotherapy or whether it's sitting in a, you know, to calm themselves down, put on a headset and put on some of my music and just sit there for maybe 10, 15, half an hour, whatever time it is they have and just let the music lower all those uh, nerve endings down in their body and they can relax and calm down and come back to earth, so to speak. And, and it is very therapeutic. And man, I've heard from over 50,000 people, Tracy, over the years who have wrote me and told me these stories of how the music has touched them. And that's why I wrote the book. I just had I couldn't keep all these stories about my music to myself. I just had to get it down on a piece of paper. And the pandemic helped me out a little bit on that. I couldn't do anything else. So might as well write my book, right? <laughs> Oh my goodness. And I'm glad you did. I, you know, and for, for those of you who want to see his book, I, I know that's a long link. All you have to do is go on to amazon.com and just type in touched by or touched music story, right? Um, but you can put touched by the music as well and it'll come up and you can have a sneak peek into the, uh, the first couple, the first, uh, I don't know. Chapter and a half. Yeah. 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 First yeah. chapter and a half. Yeah. 
Yeah, it has a lot of, of uh, things to offer. And then just looking at the table of contents and the the uh, just the, the titles are really super compelling. And so I do want to purchase that book for sure. I uh, haven't gotten around to it because I've got tax chaos this week <laughs> and it's been extra chaotic in my mind. It's probably not near as bad as I'm thinking it's going to be by being a business owner and having that. I'm, I'm really, I told my husband this morning, maybe I should put on Rachel's song and see if it actually helps my nerve endings calm down. Uh, it is certainly a, a wonderful piece and I'm looking forward to hearing hearing more about that. Why don't you tell us a little bit about what got you writing and recording music in the first place? Well, I was 30, <laughs> this is hard to believe, but I was 33 years old, coming up on 34, before I had written any music of my own. Here I had been involved in music all my life up to that point, even directing church choirs. I had, you know, I, I had access to musicians. If I had written something, I had an automatic play to have it played, of course, but it never occurred to me. And then I was sitting at my piano one evening in January of 1981. <clears throat> and that's the way I would relax. When I would come home from a busy day at the office, I would most of the times go straight to the piano, sit down and just play something. And it was a way of calming me down and just chilling out. Well, this particular evening in January of 1981, I sat down at my piano and I started playing a song. Now, it wasn't a song that I knew the name of. It wasn't one that I'd ever heard before, but it was indeed a song. And it never occurred to me that it was a unique song that I, that I was writing or playing for the very first time. It just That thought never really occurred to me, but it was. And so I played through the whole song and it never changed. The verse and the chorus, I never had to work at it to, to play this song. It was like, it was a song that existed for a million years. Well, a couple of days later, my wife, Linda, comes home from work and she says, Dave, what is the name of this song that I have stuck in my head all day long? You know how you get a, they call it an earworm where you just hum it all day long. And so she's hummed a little bit of it. And I said, well, Linda, it doesn't have a name. And she says, what? You play it on the piano all the time. What? It, I said, well, I just, it's something I just made up. And so she got all excited and she says, well, have you written it down? And I said, well, no, uh, I've got it up here in my mind and it's not going anywhere. And she said, no, you know, something might happen to you and that song would be gone forever. So I said, yes, ma'am, I'll write it down. So I <laughs> got a piece of paper and manuscript and wrote down the melody and the chords that go with it, stuck it in my piano bench. And, you know, that was I play. I would play it periodically for her and myself or anybody else that wanted to hear it. <clears throat> and it didn't have a name. We tried to come up with a name. Nothing ever seemed to fit. Well, a couple of years later, some really good friends of ours had a little baby girl named Rachel. And so they asked me and Linda to be her godparents. So we're sitting there at Rachel's christening service in the church, just us and the family and the minister. And I noticed at the front of the church, there was a grand piano sitting on in the middle of the platform at the front of the church. And all through the service, it kept catching my eye. But at, and we were, of course, paying attention to the minister and all the beautiful words he, he was saying about little Rachel. And at the end of the formal part of the service, I punched Linda and I said, hey, what about me playing this little tune now that uh, it seems like this is a really good time to play it? She said, oh, that's a great idea. So I went up and asked the family and the minister if it'd be okay if I played a tune on the piano. They, of course, said yes. So I went over to the piano and I sat down and I started playing this song. And it was beautiful. The piano was in great tune. It sounded wonderful in the church. And as I got through into the song, I kept hearing the <laughs> sniffles in the crowd. And I noticed that my eyes were getting a little bit uh, moist as well. And it was a very emotional experience. I guess any christening service is gonna be emotional anyway. It's a beautiful service. But in this case, everybody was really touched by the music. And so at the end of the song, even before the piano sound went completely away, I looked over at little Rachel in the arms of her mother. And I said, from now on, this song will be called Rachel's Song in her honor. And that's how it got its name and it was like it was just meant to be. It was the perfect name for the song. 
So that's the naming and writing of Rachel's song. The story doesn't end there. That was kind of <laughs> almost the beginning of it because then what do you do with a wonder, a beautiful song with a beautiful name called Rachel's Song? How, what do you do with it? You can do nothing and it'll be just hid under a basket and nobody will ever know about it. But I didn't think that the good Lord meant for me to do that. I think he meant for me to spread this song around and have it bless other people as well. So roll forward another three years. I'm working for Western Electric at the time, doing a lot of traveling, uh, implementing some factory software to help factories run more efficiently. And one of the places that I was having to travel and work was in Nashville, Tennessee. Now, for those of your audience that have been and spent time in Nashville, you know it is a wonderful city who earns its name Music City USA. Everything seems to be related to music when you go to Nashville. Well, Linda said, while you're in Nashville, why don't you get a demo recording made of Rachel's song? Something we can have to enjoy and Rachel and her family can enjoy. And I said, okay, well, I probably do that. So I was driving around downtown Nashville one evening after work, trying to find a studio. And I was driving around a part of town that you, if those of you that have been there know it's called Music Square. It's about two square blocks that anywhere inside that is something to do with music. It's BMI headquarters, ASCAP headquarters, Country Music Hall of Fame, Songwriter Hall of Fame, RCA Studios, on and on and on. Well, I drove down this one little side street that said Roy Acuff Place. Now, Roy Acuff, for the country music fans will remember, he was a famous musician in Nashville, Tennessee on the Grand Ole Opry and all that kind of thing. So they named the street after him. Well, down at the end of Roy Acuff Place, I saw a big building that looked like a barn. And out front of it, it had a big old water wheel, like the, a, a mill, you know, that you'd find at an old mill. And so I, I looked at the sign and it said, the music mill. And I thought, well, this is encouraging. So I pulled in the, the, the driveway and sure enough, I saw a man sitting behind a desk through the glass door and parked and knocked on the door and he came to the door and unlocked it and opened it and said, hi, I'm George Clinton. Can I help you? And I, now it's not the George Clinton everybody's immediately jumping to. This was another George Clinton. He was a recording engineer in Nashville, a much loved uh, recording engineer, it turns out, who since has passed away, but he was a wonderful person. Anyway, George opened the door and I told him what I was looking for, a studio. And he, he said, well, come on in. And about the time I stepped into the lobby, I noticed it's a great big two-story lobby. And over on this wall on my left was a great big life-size picture of Glenn Campbell. And in the middle there was a huge panoramic picture of the, the group Alabama and the Forrester sisters. And then there were gold records and platinum records all around the walls, you know, really impressive lobby. Um, and so I thought, wow, <laughs> I must have landed in a first class place here. So George assured me that I had found a studio and I said, I've never even been in one. And he said, well, let me give you a tour. There's nobody recording right now, which is very unusual, but at six o'clock at night, there was nobody there. So he said, let's go over here in studio, a big studio. I went into the big room and Gosh, you could you could put an orchestra in that room. It was huge. And over in the corner was this nine foot, you know, grand uh, concert, grand piano and just an impressive room. And then he said, well, let's go in the control room. I want to show you where where all the magic happens. So he opens this big old thick door. It's about oh, six or eight inches thick soundproof door, you know. So you open the door and go into this room. And in there was this console control console that looked like it's about eight feet long. And it turns out, I think it probably had 32 tracks, 32 channels, big sliders and buttons and knobs. And, you know, it was really impressive. And I said, gosh, George, I believe NASA could launch, launch a spaceship from in here. <laughs> and uh, the rec tape recorders around the wall and just an impressive room. Speaker, you know, big speakers where you could hear what's going on. I said, how much does a place like this rent for? And he says, it's $125 an hour plus engineer. Now, remember, this was 1986. Now, you roll back 1986 to today's dollars. I think somebody calculated it for me the other day. <laughs> Did it live on one of these things? He said, that's $325 an hour today. So, you know, that's a lot of money. 
-hmm. And so I'm sure I mean, George saw that I was kind of disappointed in that number. He said, oh, don't worry, Dave. He said, the fellow that owns this studio, he owns a tiny little studio across the street. It's in an old uh, rent house, what used to be a rent house, small little house. It's got a baby grand piano, a nice small, little small control room, and it's $15 an hour. I said, okay, well, <laughs> I can I can afford that. So he said, I said, well, now what I need is a piano player to play my mute, to play my little song. And he thought for a second, he says, I know just the person. His name is Gary Prim. And he is a wonderful session piano player, keyboard player. And he'll, he'll do a great job for you. Let me, let's go back to my desk and I'll look up his phone number and for you. So he, we did. And he went over to his Rolodex and found Gary Prim on his little card Rolodex, wrote the number down, gave it to me. So I left, thanked him profusely, of course, and went my, to my hotel room and immediately picked up the phone, called Gary Prim. I got his answering machine and he called me back in about 30 minutes. And he says, this is Gary Prim. Can I help you? I said, sure. And I told him that George Clinton had recommended him to me to do a demo for me. Could he do that? Oh, sure. I'll be happy to do that. And he said, uh, I said, well, what do I need to, to send you to, to make this happen? He said, well, just send me a, a tape recording of you playing it so I know what it sounds like and then send me a lead sheet. And I said, OK, but what's a lead sheet? I didn't even know the lingo of the Nashville musicians. I was really showing how inexperienced I was. He said, oh, it's just the melody and the chords written out on a piece of paper. I said, well, I've got that. I just didn't know to call it a lead sheet. So I got back home and I mailed Gary a tape of me playing it and the lead sheet. A couple of weeks later, we met in the studio in this little tiny studio across from the music mill. Six o'clock on August 22nd, 1986. Never forget it. That date that changed my life. Gary comes walking in the studio carrying his. Yamaha DX7 synthesizer under his arm as he comes in and he sets it up and then sets it to this little baby grand piano and starts, you know, getting warming up at the piano. And I'm back in the control room with the engineer. And so pretty soon Gary says, well, I'm, I'm ready. Let's do it. So the engineer pushes record and says, we're rolling. And, uh, you know, <laughs> that's the standard language. You know, when somebody's the tape, tape recorders rolling, literally. And uh, so he starts playing Rachel's song. Now, Tracy, remember, this is the first time I had ever heard any of my music played by anybody but me. I'd never I'm the only one that had played Rachel's song up to that point. And I could not believe what I was hearing. When you turn over a piece of music that you've written to a professional studio musician, I, I would just about say 100 times out of 100, you're not going to believe what you're going to hear. These people are unbelievably talented and skilled at their creative. That's their craft. That's what they do. And so I'm just blown away by what I hear. Well, Gary gets halfway through the song and he stops. He says, I, 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 let's do that over. I can do better than that. So we rewind the tape and start all over. Push record. And here we go. Gary plays the song all the way through that time. No mistakes. Perfectly. And I thought, wow, this is just great. Uh, and if he'd stopped right there, I would have been happy because it was absolutely beautiful what he played. But Gary says, no, I'm, I'm not through yet, Dave. He said, I've got some more things I want to add to the song. And so he said, I want to on the piano part. He said, I want to add some electric piano and on into the song. So it'll give it a little more depth. And so he sets up his synthesizer, electric piano sound. And he puts on his headset so he can hear the original piano part. And he plays the electric piano right along with what he just played on the acoustic piano. Nailed it. I mean, you, there was no none of this note, note. You know, it was boom. The notes were right on top of each other, the same as if he was playing it on the original piano. And that's the mark of a skilled session piano a musician. They, their sense of timing and feel is unbelievable. So he played the electric piano part on two more tracks. Then he said, well, I think this song needs some bottom and some top. Let's let's add some low strings to give it some bottom. And so two more tracks, put the headset on, switch it to the string sound, he plays low strings. All right, I'm going to put some top on there. 
two more tracks, high strings, some really high, you know, like a violin sound. So he did that. Then in the middle of the song, right before he did something that I did not do on my arrangement, his arrangement played the verse and the chorus twice in the key of C. And then the third verse, it instantly goes up to C sharp. There's no, there's no modulation to it at all. It's just that this, it just builds up and then boom, you're up to C sharp. And when you hear Rachel's song, that record, I think you'll know exactly where it is because it's very dramatic. And at that point, he says, I, I want to add some horns into the song to give it a little build up here. So he did. And that was two more tracks. So then he says, I think that's about all it needs. So he comes into the control room. We're all standing there and the engineer rewinds and plays all of this combined now back together. I cannot believe what I'm hearing. I had never heard a song that sounded any better on the radio. It was unbelievable. Gary was pleased with it. So I wrote him his agreed upon a check for the fee that he wanted to be paid for it. And he left. And when he left, I did not know that I would ever see Gary Prim again in my life. I mean, that was, a, in my mind, kind of a one, I'd only written one song, and that was it. But I did not know that that young man that walked out that door would be a huge part of my life from that point on, because he and I went on later in our lives to record over 170 songs in a studio, 15 albums of music that we created. And he and his uh, family, I watched his family grow up, his, his two, two wonderful kids, his wonderful wife and, and Gary, they, he is a dear friend and, and like a brother to me. He is just a, that kind of a person. And so that one night in August of, of 1986 really changed my life. But at the time, I didn't know it. But uh, that's how the song got written, named, and recorded. Oh my goodness. What a story. And <laughs> to think that that was the start of a new relationship too for you that was really super powerful and just as powerful as the music, I imagine, right? Yes. Yeah. Now the chaos part of this enters in when you I began getting it played on the radio. And so therefore it got exposed to a lot of people. Of course, I didn't even know you know, it could be anywhere and it could be in, in, in any circumstance. It got played on one radio station uh, very quickly here locally, and it caused such a commotion there at the radio station. It caused their switchboard to light up with phone calls, and the station manager called me, and he said, I've never had this happen to me in my life, 22 years in radio. And so he said, this song is really special. So I got busy getting it played on radio stations all over the whole country. And so I, I would call radio stations and then I found out that some radio stations got their programming from a program company called Bonneville Broadcasting. And that that fellow at Bonneville loved Rachel's song and he programmed 200 stations all at once. So when he put it in the playlist, it went to 200 radio stations all over the whole country. And then I started getting fan mail people writing me these letters of saying that I heard your music on the radio and it meant so much. Now, uh, my first, one of my very first letters has, has kind of a tie into chaos because this lady, she was in Atlanta, Georgia around Christmas time. And she said she was stuck in a traffic jam in downtown Atlanta in, in Christmas rush hour. And she said, Rachel's song came on the radio and she said it turned a traffic jam into a pleasurable experience. <laughs> it was wow. just all she said. Her, her name is Dixon, and she, she read a sweet note, and I have since talked to her again, but she, she, that just really, almost in just two sentences, said what we're talking about here, how much peace and calming that music can have. Now, another example, and it wasn't very long after that, I got a letter from a person in New Jersey. She had just finished her training as an emergency medical technician, an EMT. And she and her husband were driving home and almost in their neighborhood, there was, she looked over and on the sidewalk was an elderly gentleman. And she looked over and he just collapsed on the sidewalk, just <laughs> fell down. Well, being an EMT now, newly trained, hadn't even practiced it yet, so to speak, stopped the car, ran out, ran over to the gentleman to see if she could help. 
Well, she, of course, she left the car door open as she ran over to the, the man on the sidewalk. And on the radio, playing on the radio was this instrumental song. She didn't know anything about it. Was, was this instrumental song. And she yelled back to her husband, turn that radio up loud so the music is loud. And she was there kneeling down at the sidewalk, helping this elderly man calm down. And so by the time the song finished playing, she said the, the man had calmed down. His, he seemed to be recovering just fine. And medical people were on the way to come help him. But uh, then she later found out by tracking down the radio station, she, she called him. She says, what was that song that played at 6.07 p.m., whatever, on such a day? And the, the announcer didn't miss a beat. He said, oh, that was Rachel's song. Obviously, she wasn't the first person that ever called about this song, <laughs> but he knew immediately. He gave her my address and phone number, and she wrote me this letter of this story about the EMT and helping that old man. So there's another instance of chaos in this man's life where I don't know what happened. Well, it was a panic attack. I hope it wasn't a heart attack, but you never know. But it helped, it helped calm him down and get him back to a, a more normal state. So those were just two of my early on letters that I started getting from my music. Yeah, just a special song altogether, it sounds like. And and I know you went on to create more music, but I, I, did they all have this sort of healing uh, property? I'm, I'm really impressed because I do believe in the power of music to heal. Uh, so, yeah. What about your other music and, and how how is that then effective for people? Well, yes, I, you know, I've gotten letters from over 50,000 people about my music. Not all of them, though, are about Rachel's song. Other people have heard other songs that I have written, other albums, <clears throat> and they had a similar kind of reaction to really loving the music and having it play an important role in their life, whether it's people, you know, getting married to my music the, as part of the special music of their wedding. I've had mothers had the, my music played while they were in labor. And so their little child was born. First sounds he ever heard besides the, the hospital and her mother and father was, and the doctor was my music playing. And so there's all kinds of instances that's been played, uh, you know, sadly at, at a lot of people's funerals. It's very comforting, apparently, for those that are in a grieving state of mind. Um, people in pain. I have you know, the pain management is a very big field these days. And of course, you have all kinds of the controversial drugs that deal with pain. But there's one drug, <laughs> there's one treatment that is is non-habit. Well, it may be habit forming, but it's certainly not harmful. <laughs> and that is listening to my music or listening to instrumental calming music. Because uh, one a letter, I, one thing that happened to me because of that, it resulted in an article that I wrote for Guidepost magazine. This little magazine published in September of 1994. The, uh, the article that I wrote for the magazine is called uh, Two-Part Two Harmony. And it was co-written or ghost-written for me by a lady by the name of Roberta Mesner. Now, you can Google Roberta Mesner, M-E-S-S-N-E-R, and find articles written by her and her own story. She has, uh, I forget what the name of the disease is. It used to be called elephantitis, but it's the disease that attacks your skin. And she had had to have, I don't know, 25, 30 surgeries to remove these growths, all this grotesque, but it's very painful. She called me and I happened to answer the, the 800 number that day. And she called to tell me how much my music had helped her through her surgeries and through her pain. And uh, she was just so grateful about how much the music had helped her. And then when she got me to telling her my story about how I wrote Rachel's song and had it had enabled me to quit my job at AT&T and do my music full time and all these kind of things, she said, wow, that's a really inspiring story. Then she tells me I'm a writer for Guidepost magazine. Said, oh, really? OK. And she said, I think your story would make a wonderful story for Guidepost. Would you allow me to pitch the story to the editors at Guidepost? I said, well, sure. So she did. And she called me back a few days, said, well, they love the story and want me to help you write this up. So she did. And it was a beautiful article. Uh, it tells the story of, that I've just relayed to you about the writing of Rachel's song and all that. 
And then, it, of course, then it goes over into leading up to how it enabled me to quit my job at AT&T to do music full time. And so this little magazine hit the streets in sep you know, it was a September. So it's probably late August of 1994. And I could probably look at the calendar and tell you the day and the minute it hit the street because they put my phone number and address in the back of the book. <laughs> this oh little magazine, God. this little magazine went out to over two million people. <laughs> well, guess what? <clears throat> chaos. <laughs> yeah, chaos in my life, but big time because my phone started ringing. It would not quit. You could put your hand on the receiver and pick it up. Somebody's there constantly. I heard from over 10,000 people in less than two weeks. My, my, my dear mailman came down the driveway dragging a big old canvas bag of mail one day. And he said, what in the world, Dave, have you done? This is this. I can't even pick this bag up. And I said, well, it's just this little article I wrote in guideposts. And he said, man, and for several days, well, there was, I heard from over 10,000 people just like that. And it was, wow. it just was unbelievable. And the stories that they would, you know, they'd call and tell me how much they enjoyed reading the article. And the real thing to me was amazing. They hadn't even heard the song yet. They just read about it. I thought, yeah. wow, now that's that's powerful. <laughs> that was really powerful. But that really, it just reinforced, I think, more than anything else that I was doing the right thing, that I was had chosen my to quit my job and do my music full time. And that was what I was meant to do. Wow. And just to have that confirmation out there in the form of this mailbag that is hard to lift for a mailman and <laughs> all of that response. Uh, so I'm, I'm almost thinking about like a prescription, like, uh, okay, so we've got chaos here in the world today. So we are just sort of coming out of a two-year pandemic, or maybe we aren't, we don't know what's going on with the pandemic. And a lot of people are in kind of chaos. I'm wondering, do you have a prescription for that? Do you have a musical prescription for people to help people to get through the pandemic or, you know, what's left of it? Well, I'll tell you what I did do. You you re, you will recall this back. I think it was probably around April time frame two years ago when all these news stories came out about when the lockdowns occurred, how much it affected the people in nursing homes and assisted living facilities. I mean, here are these elderly folks living in their rooms by themselves in in these facilities. Now, my mother, the last two years of her two and a half years of her life lived in an assisted living facility, only about three three or four miles from my house here. So I would go every day to see my mother and visit with her. Her mind was sharp. Her body was a little frail. She, she When she passed away, she was 97. So uh, at, in the nursing home time, she was like 95, six and seven. And she was very sharp. But I know how much music meant to her and her, quote, neighbors down the hall. They would go to a musical performance in the in the facility. They'd love to hear people perform music. I did programs. I'd go and play the piano for them myself, played Rachel's song and some of my other songs many times. So I, I knew how much music could help those people. Because first of all, can you imagine getting locked in your room? They even slide your meal under the door. You couldn't go out to visit anybody. Your relatives couldn't come see you. Oh, it was heartbreaking. Well, I said, this will not stand in my, I have to do something. So I took my music. And I'm also a photographer. I love to take lots of pictures. I have over 60,000 photos on my digital file in here in my, on my computer. But I love flowers. I love landscapes, pretty pictures, sunsets, sunrises. I am a sucker for anything with a lot of color in it. <laughs> this time of year is, is just overload with all the dogwoods blooming and everything just blossoming. So I said, OK, here's what I'm going to do. I took my photography and I took my music, a whole album worth. And I put the two together and edited a music video. So it would have the song playing underneath. And then on the screen is a high definition, beautiful photograph of something. And I did that for the whole album. And then I looped it. I, I repeated it so that that, that YouTube channel, uh, that YouTube would play for six, between six and seven hours. And the reason I did that was because in these nursing homes and assisted living facilities, they don't have time to go over to the machine and say, stop and re play it again. They all they had on mind, all they had to do is start it. 
it played six hours later, you come back, it's still playing. So that was a, a benefit to them. And then I said, okay, I need to get this music and these videos to all these nursing homes and assisted living facilities across the country. There are 45,000, it turns out, around the country and, and growing. And so I, I said, okay, well, I'm going to try it out first. I called the one where my mother used to live, asked the lady there who I was a good friend of mine by now. And she tried it, loved it. She says, well, Dave, this, this is great. I said, well, how do I get a hold of these other nursing facilities? And she said, well, just, you know, you got, you got to get a hold of their activities director, the person who is in charge of providing activities for these people. So I got busy. I got and now now you have the Internet. You can Google and find phone numbers for just about anything you want. So I called personally 200 gift uh, um, nursing homes and assisted living facilities and spoke personally with the activities director. I didn't want to just speak to the receptionist. I wanted to talk to the person as I described them. They are the person who is in charge of making everybody happy. That's their job description. So. I, I did. I talked to 200 of them and they to a person said, oh, yes, you send me the links and I, we would really appreciate it. Well, that confirmed that it was going to be useful. But how in the world am I going to get it to the other 45,000 facilities across the country? Well, I'm a very creative person. I have my MBA at Wake Forest, so I'm, I always have an analytical kind of mindset. I said, there's got to be a way. Well, I knew that there's an association for everything in this country. There's a, you know, a, a group that looks after everything. Well, it turns out there is an association for nursing homes. There's an association for assisted living facilities. And so there's one for North Carolina. So I got the phone number of these associations and I called them and told them what I was doing. And I said, could you put in your newsletter, tell your folks, your members, how they could play my music for free? There's no charge for this. It's just there. They can call it up on the screen and play it. Well, almost all of them said they'd be happy to do that. So I called 66 associations, which is all 50 states. And a lot of them was two in a state. There was assisted for nursing home and one for assisted living. And there were some national associations. They all were happy to help me get the word out. So in short order, I got my, my YouTube videos available to all 45,000 uh, nursing homes and assisted living facilities. And so that was my little piece of a little small help for them to help them through this chaos. In the, and I knew from the feedback that I started getting that it was working because they really appreciated how calming and peaceful it helped put an at, uh, uh, atmosphere in, the, in their facilities. And now, is this your YouTube channel that you've given me the link to? Is that, yes. Is that still on your YouTube mm -hmm. channel? It is. My, my YouTube channel name is just Combs Music, C-O-M-B-S-M-U-S-I-C, -S -S all run together. And when you go there, you can see there's I have some playlists. And on the under the playlist was one was called Long Playing Videos. <laughs> and there's where you'll find I have three of them. And they'll play for six to seven hours. And it's three different albums, basically and three different sets of photographs. Mm -hmm. But uh, that, and I, I've got a lot of other videos there too, but uh, some single song videos and other, but that was what I did for the pandemic. For the pandemic and just putting the music out there for people and knowing that you're doing a good thing for them and it's completely free. <laughs> you, mm -hmm. you really um, have outdone yourself. Wow. Um, so, so this is still out there for people who uh, want to listen to seven hours of music. I know a lot <laughs> of people, they, they do kind of want to have the calming, soothing music uh, when they go to sleep at night and it just sort of yeah. uh, leads them through their dreams or whatever it does for <laughs> For them mm -hmm. it's still out there and you can access it uh, combs music is on youtube at the link below yes wow so what prescription do you think that you have for the crisis here that we're going through in uh, ukraine and russia uh, any any kind of prescription that you might want to suggest uh, for that well, I think there's a heavy dose of prayer that needs to be done, obviously, for these these people in Ukraine and around the world. But for 
a prescription of what you can do. I think if people will take out of their chaotic lives and set aside a certain time of day, whether it's early in the morning, late at night, or some time where you can get to get by yourself in a hopefully quiet environment, or if not, you know, put on your earbuds or earphones or whatever, so you can isolate all of the this distracting noises and listen to some of my music. I, I think you will find it will help you uh, calm down. It'll give you some peace and enjoyment as well. And that to me, if you'll, if you'll just make a point to do that every day, sometime, maybe more than one time a day, but if you find yourself completely stressed out, just walk, go someplace by yourself quiet and just li either listen to the quiet, go to a, go to a stream and listen to the water running in the stream or whatever, go walk for a walk in the woods or a walk on the greenway or whatever, but put my music on and let let it just soak into your body as you listen to it. Cause there's no words. My music, I have seven albums of original compositions. None of them have any words. So you're not going to be tempted to sing along with it, with your favorite song and words, which kind of can distract you from the purpose of being just chilled out. But uh, just listen to the music and let it do what it can do. And, and I think people will, different people react differently, but I know from, from the experience and the feedback I've gotten, it will benefit you. And, uh, and I, and tell me about it. Go to my website, combsmusic.com. And down at the bottom, there's an email link down there. Send me an email and tell me what it's done for you. And I'll write you back. I always love to communicate with people and let them know that I hear what they're saying. And okay. so we can connect. Yeah, let me see if I can share the screen now for uh, those of you who would like to be able to see the website. Let's just see if I can bring it up here. Yep, this combsmusic.com. There you are. Now go scroll. Uh, that's it. They're just, yeah, that's. Yeah, and this is where you can actually hear Rachel's song too. It's mm -hmm. about see that little 51 seconds. Yeah, just uh, that little link in the middle there. It says play Rachel's song. When you click on that, you're going to be hearing the actual recording, the whole song, full high fidelity. It's not a sample. It's the real, the original. Now, I will want to tell you when and then you can read about it in my book in detail of how I recorded it in more detail than I even I told a while ago. But when you're listening to that song, I want you to put yourself in the studio with me listening to that song for the first time. And then I, now that I've told you some of how Gary recorded it, I think you can kind of hear those instruments as they're brought in and out of the, the, the song. But it's uh, you can listen to the whole thing. And on the right hand side is my CD of Rachel's song. You click on Amazon right below it and go there and either buy the CD or you can download it or you can stream it if, if you're an Amazon music uh, person. Or on the left side, there's my book. And on the bottom, click on Amazon. It'll take you to my books a site on Amazon where you can either buy it in paperback or a, a Kindle ebook, or you can buy an Audible book and listen to me read it to you for eight hours. <laughs> listen to my East Tennessee accent for, for eight hours. And also on Amazon, they have this wonderful, you may know, the, the look inside feature. And you click there and you can go in. It's got the forward. And the, and by the way, the forward to my book was written by none other than Jack Canfield. He's the co-author of the Chicken Soup for the Soul books. Yeah. And Jack has become a very big uh, mentor of mine, a good friend over the last two years. And he wrote the forward to my book. So go to, go to Amazon and check that out as well. But be sure if you don't do anything else, go to listen to Rachel's song and and that, that is just a sampling of what some of my other music sounds like as well. Awesome. I really appreciate that. That was um, that was great. And it's really cool that it's arranged to where, oh, there's Rachel's song and there's the book. And yep. uh, and yes, there is a free sample of his book um, at the Amazon.com. Just type it in or remember that big old link right there. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. And I think on the uh, the other part of your website here, let me see if I can bring that up. Yeah. So there yeah, <laughs> there's a lot of music on that. 
Exactly. So you actually have the sample of Rachel's song, but you also have the sheet music, the instrumental yes. book for piano. If you are indeed a piano player and want to know how to play this song, right? Exactly. Now I have 11 piano music books and these are not just, uh, th these are exact transcriptions of what Gary played on the recording. And when I was learning to play the piano growing up, when I would hear a song like, uh, you know, the theme from Love Song that was performed by Henry Mancini, uh, I wanted to play that. So did everybody else that, that was a piano player. Well, you know, Henry Mancini came out with the sheet music. Well, the sheet music was exactly what he played on that recording, which was wonderful because then I could sit at the piano and I didn't sound exactly like Henry Mancini, but, you know, it sounded really good. So... I intended that all of my sheet music would be note for note exactly what Gary played on the recording. So when you and I have a sample page uh, there of the first page of Rachel's song and there's another wonderful company now that is digital. This over on the right, you see this sheet music plus uh, right above the YouTube, the sheet music plus. That is a company where I have placed digital copies of all of my sheet music. And you can pay $4.99 a song and instantly download a PDF file of that sheet music and print it off and start playing it right now. You don't have to go to the store and buy it. You don't have to wait for Amazon to deliver it to you. It goes right to your computer. You print it and there you have it. And so today's technology really allows my music to be available anywhere around the world instantly. And so I have all of seven of my original composition albums transcribed note for note. I have four albums of favorite hymns transcribed note for note. And then on the very on further down on the screen, there's one, an album called Celebrate Freedom. And it is an album of patriotic music, which uh, there's a story behind that too, of how I created that album strictly to fund a, a scholarship at Wake Forest University for military families uh, to get their MBA at Wake Forest. It's an endowed scholarship funded by that album. It's called Celebrate Freedom. It's coming up pretty shortly here right after a couple more on down there. But uh, it's basically, it's, I think it's right after first Christmas. And uh, there yes, is. there it is. Here it is. Yeah. And so it has uh, patriotic songs. And that one uh, funded this scholarship. It's it was funded in, I think it was 1991, and we have given out 27 scholarships to MBA students, all of whom had a military connection. They either were had just come out of the military, their spouse was in the military, some military connection, because I felt really strongly after Desert, Desert Storm War was when this was done, that we needed to award, you know, pay attention to these veterans and the military folks and thank them for their service uh, for freedom around the world. And one way to do that is to assist them th for getting a furthering their education with through an MBA at Wake Forest University. So that's what the origin of that album is. And there are several songs on that album that I've also transcribed are available from this Sheet Music Plus place. And, and uh, there's a footnote that tells you which ones they are. Again, oh they're goodness. also note for note. So uh, it wow, just goes on if, and on. <laughs> as if Dave Combs could do nothing more. Uh, there it is, right? So uh, a scholarship foundation for, for uh, I guess, what did you say? Seven people? 27. 27 people. It's been, it's been 27 years and every year they have awarded a scholarship to a student. Oh. Wow. Yeah. So, so many, so many good things. Uh, and yes, as you can see, as I was scrolling around on the website, there's quite a, a volume of music there and all the sheet music can be purchased. <laughs> so, mm -hmm. and you, you, so you, you, you ask about the, uh, you ask about the, the chaos and what prescription thing, if you play the piano, like I do, or and maybe you do as well, I'm not sure, but those that play an instrument, Playing an instrument is also extremely therapeutic. If you want to get your mind off of something else, of some troubles or the chaos, mm -hmm. sit down at the piano or whatever instrument you play 
and just play something. And I think that alone will help calm you down and give you more peace and, and whatever. And so I'm hoping that maybe some of my sheet music might be an encouragement to sit down at the piano and learn to play some of these very peaceful, calming songs. Yeah, or whatever it is. I, I know I have a listener who says she plays the spoons and she's never played them for me, but she's out there somewhere with her spoons. And yeah, whatever it is that you want to play with and, and be musical. I have a couple of sound bowls over there, you know, that you just put a little ring mm -hmm. around there and it has a nice little tone. I have a guitar and a saxophone that has a lot of sounds and I've got a, a synthesizer, probably much like uh, Gary. Prim had when he uh, came in that day and did all of that stuff from his synthesizer. Yeah, you'll notice right back here over my shoulder, that is a synthesizer back there uh, along beside my piano. Mm -hmm. Wife Linda will play the piano and I'll, I'll get it the, the keyboard, the, uh, the synthesizer, and we play together. Mm -hmm. And sometimes we'll put on a, a CD of some, some 60s doo-wop music or something and or just tell, you know, Siri or Alexa to play something or other and we'll play along with it and just make some music. That's a, a wonderful thing to do to, to relax and enjoy each other. Well, one last question for you is my tax situation. So I'm so stressed out about just these government entities and doing everything right. And I've got all this chaos. I was talking to my mom about it on the phone yesterday. So I've vented to pretty much everybody, but but uh, I'm gonna call you Dr. Dave. What is my prescription for calming my chaos for taxes? Do you, is there an album for that? <laughs> Let's go back to this well, let's see if I can see. Well, let's see. Uh, my second instrumental album is called, its title is called Beautiful Thoughts. If you go way up to the, towards the top there, it's called Beautiful Thoughts. I thought I remembered seeing that. It was really, it's, really, uh, uh, it was, and it coming. kind of attracted, yeah, right, Whoa, right there. That is the second album I ever did has beautiful songs on it. I enjoy playing those songs, you know, over and over and over. But here's what I want you to do. I want you to, re to thank yourself for keeping detailed, accurate records for your business. Your Schedule C is going to be perfect. All those expenses on, the, on there are going to be, there's not a number on your Schedule C that you can't say, okay, I can show you the backup to that now. Here's all the the figures that when you add them up, there's that number on my schedule C. So you can't ask me a question on schedule C that I can't back it up with a, with a, with a detail record. And when you've done all of that, it's perfect. I don't care if they audit you 1400 times, you're going to come out of the audit with zero change. So I want you to realize that because you are a good record keeper and a meticulous record keeper, that you have no issues to worry about when you put your Schedule C together for your business. Mm -hmm. And then when you're listening to the music, you're just thinking beautiful thoughts and say, I've got it. It's, I'm going to file it. I'll get my refund or whatever it is. It is. It's, it's, it's going to be perfect. Beautiful that's thoughts. My, that's my prescription for you, Tracy. <laughs> oh, I so appreciate that. I really do. And I mean, just just uh, hearing those, what we call in hypnotherapy, these positive suggestions, this is going to happen. You are going to be okay. Uh, really helps because I do that for a lot of people, but I don't get the pleasure of having people do that for me. So I really appreciate that. Well, I won't claim to be a hypnotherapist by any stretch of the imagination, but I, I, I can give you some good suggestions and hopefully some encouragement anyway. Absolutely. Well, it was a pleasure having you on the show today. I'm going to go ahead and put your website up here again. It is combsmusic.com. And if you want to experience uh, YouTube and some lovely music and hours of it. You can just go to Combs Music on YouTube. Uh, there's also a Facebook group here. And I don't tell us a little bit about what this Facebook group uh, does. It's really just a, a my Facebook business page. You know, I have a personal page for Dave Combs, but also on Facebook, this is kind of the, the my business page, if you want to think of it that way. And I just named it after my book. I called it Touched by the Music. 
And so when you go there, you'll just find postings from me. I, I like to post a lot of these podcasts that I do appear on. I will post links on there for people to go and, and watch the, the podcast again and give the podcast hosts a little bit of publicity and as well. So I've done over, I, I checked my website a while ago. I've over 40 podcasts that I've put up on my website and, and I've only been doing it probably for about two or three months. So that's yeah. uh that's a lot of talking and appearances on podcasts, but I can tell you, Tracy, every one of them to a person has been a delight to talk with because they're all unique. You know, you're you're different than any other podcast host I've ever talked with. And so with the rest of them. But they're always I, there must be something about being a podcast host because you all are magnificent, wonderful personalities and a pleasure to talk with. And uh, the same same with you. I, this has been really, really a lot of fun and uh, just wish we had more time to go into it even more. But I know people have other things they want to get done. So we will uh, let them do that. <laughs> well, one of the best podcast interviews I saw you on is the one with Jack Canfield. And so what I'll do is in the show notes, I will link to that one below because I think everybody needs to probably listen to that one. It was, it was just outstanding. And just to Thank see you. the both of you on screen too is it was just absolutely cool. <laughs> and, and then you wanted to be on my show too. And this is a, just a small channel, but, uh, but we really like, I mean, I, I think I have the same intention in my heart as you do is this, I want to put as much stuff out there to help people for mm -hmm. free uh, that I can, that I can do. So, mm -hmm. so yes, Dave Combs, thank you. And, you know, instead of doing my regular outro that I usually do, I'm going to put something, if you don't mind, if I can use Rachel's song and just put Absolutely. it to a little bit of a little, uh, ending uh, bit, and then we'll go into that because um, I really believe that the people should hear the song. Mm -hmm. I agree. When you're more, more than welcome to do that, and thank you for doing that. Actually, yeah, great. All right, it was great seeing you today. You take good care and have a wonderful bike ride in your wonderful sunny <laughs> weather in North Carolina. I will do that. Thank you so much. Okay. You have a great rest of the week. All right, thank you. Mm -hmm.